Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. I'm your host, Andrew Mensel, and this is an emergency podcast. I hadn't even uh, planned to record one today. In fact, I wasn't even going to watch the World Cup final because Australia wasn't in it, but uh, it was an historic evening, and uh, joining me on the line is News Corp's, uh, one of one of News Corp's finest cricket writers, chief cricket writer for the Australian, Pete Lawler. Pete, how are you? <laughs> bit tired after last night. Yeah, Probably I'm feeling better than everybody who uh, was born in New Zealand. Those poor, poor people. Are you glad you watched it, Menace? I am glad, and uh, yeah, I'm a bit tired too. I watched it all the way to the end. I couldn't remember who you worked for for a minute there. Um, That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually dead serious wasn't planning to watch maybe the whole match live. I thought I might record a bit, but it was just such compelling viewing. I mean, it was unmissable. Well, I, it is clearly the best World Cup final ever and possibly one of the greatest World Cup games. It really have to rival that 99 game, wouldn't it? Yes, I was thinking that um, it's quite a story, two ties 20 years apart in England during World Cups, are probably the two greatest one-day games played, so much on the line in both games, two teams evenly matched and uh, it was just incredible and uh, I hope it does a lot for English cricket. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, uh, to see those crowds in Trafalgar Square was outstanding, wasn't it? I don't know if you remember those crowds that watched the, 2005, the last game in 2005 as well. So, and it was on free-to-wear. 
so there'll be people watching it. Fingers crossed. I mean, if that doesn't do anything for English cricket, what will? I mean, God was on their side, clearly. God robbed the Kiwis, but anyway, I've never. What an unlucky team they are. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just feel so sorry for them. Like, I can't imagine the roller coaster of emotions both sets of fans have endured throughout that game because as a neutral who was sort of leaning towards New Zealand winning but not really invested, it was just such a, a roller coaster and to lose in such unfortunate circumstances just must be heartbreaking. Can you imagine what those Kiwi players are going through now? Two World Cup finals in a row lost, one by a zero margin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they've got themselves to blame to some degree, don't you? I mean, they kind of let bad luck through the door, standing on the rope when you take that catch. For six, sorry, who was the fielder? Trent Bolt. Oh, I'm so tired Trent today. Bolt. <laughs> uh, Trent Bolt standing on the rope. You know that was that was the mistake they made, wasn't it? I mean, that was pressure. I mean, how often have we seen somebody out on the ropes pull off a ridiculous sort of catch and or flick it to the flick it to the fielder standing nearby? But it almost was such a basic error by Trent Bolt. You thought, oh, they'll probably still get away with this. They've still got runs up their sleeve, but. It, it let bad luck in the door, didn't it? Yeah, he needed to kind of palm it back, even if he didn't catch it and just save three or four runs. That's right. I mean, basically, that that should have been two, three at the most, but it was six. So, and that was through bad management. The next two that turned into a six with the overthrows deflecting off uh, off the bat. That that was bad luck. But uh, I don't want to blame the Kiwis. They were outstanding. The way they played was brilliant. I thought. Well. Uh, Firstly, what do you think about the way the result was eventually decided with a, a count back on boundaries? Do, do you think that's a, a fair way of doing it? Well, my attitude is this. I, I can't get outraged about it. Maybe that's because I don't have any skin in the game. But you have to make a decision one way or the other, don't you? And I reckon no matter which method you use, somebody will lose and somebody will be outraged that you use that method to work out who won the game. It seems to me it would be more sensible to perhaps use the number of wickets lost in the game as a guide, but the guide was boundaries. New Zealand didn't do it. They lost. They're upset. I'd be upset too. If it went the other way, England would be upset and and they'd have a valid reason too. So, yeah, I I think it it needs a look at, doesn't it? What I'd like to do is find out who... Who set down you know, the uh, the regulations around how that's all decided and how much thought they put into it? Someone said, what about we do it this way? And someone says, yeah, okay, and you just move on because, like, it's never going to happen, is it? What about a double super over? What about playing hmm. two super overs? I mean, if you tie it after one super over, you just play another one. Yeah, well... How long do you play super overs for? Tennis learnt that lesson, didn't they, with the tiebreakers that went into the middle of the night. But, yeah, I, why not? You could do that. Play super overs until you uh, get a result. But you might end up with a chess match on your hands. <laughs> Be there for days. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just... You can see, though, why the Kiwis are feeling pretty gutted today. So you you mentioned that overthrow. Uh, Surely that's a law that they need to look at changing. So what, Guptill got the ball, he throws in, Stokes is running for two, the ball hits his outstretched bat, deflects for four. I mean, 
a fairer rule there is when the ball strikes the bat, the ball becomes dead. Yep, I agree with you entirely. It's a silly rule, but there's a lot of silly rules in cricket, aren't there? And, and I guarantee it will be examined by the rules committee after what's happened. But, uh, I mean, some people complain about leg buys. I don't know what you think about leg buys. I've just accepted them because they're always there, but they say that that's rubbish, a batsman getting a leg buy. I think you it's to, Jason Gillespie who's got a campaign going for this. It's one of the yeah. former fast bowlers and is very yeah. vocal on this. He's not the only one. I've heard it said a lot. But yeah, that is a stupid rule. I don't like it. That should have been a dead ball. Uh, interesting to see Stokes' reaction, wasn't it? To get up and apologise. Um, yeah, there were just so many moments that are unforgettable. That one, the the sort of drama surrounding that overthrow. I mean, Stokes felt embarrassed and gutted, but he was also trying to focus on the job. I mean, this was cricket theatre at its... Uh, you know, be, the best ever. I mean, I've never seen anything quite like it and uh, just unforgettable. And let's not forget, Stokes was outstanding, wasn't he? I mean, that was an incredible innings from him. He took a deep Dhoni style. <laughs> he put, but, but unlike Dhoni recently, he pulled it off. One of the great innings, you know, one of the great innings of his life. You know, the Poms went into this. Uh, Joe Root said, this will be the biggest game of our lives. I don't think he had any idea what he was saying. This is one they'll never forget. But uh, it was the biggest game of their life, and and Stokes did the job. And good on England. You know they backed themselves all the way through that tournament. Uh, even when they had a bit of a wobble, got a bit of a wobble up, they still backed themselves in the way they play cricket. They didn't panic. Um, it was interesting to see that they they couldn't go flat out like they always have in this match, but they got there and the batsman that they've always um, gone with did the job for them. So, you know, that, a great effort for England. And If you're going to say anybody deserves to win the World Cup, it's England because they have been the best side in world cricket for four years. So in that way, it was a fair result. And England did finish ahead of New Zealand on the ladder. I, I mean, if they had done a rather than a boundary count back, maybe awarded the cup to England because they finished third rather than fourth, that might yeah. have seemed a little bit more justified. But man, I, I just, if I was a Kiwi cricket fan now, like, I just, I would be mortified. I mean, Nisham, Jimmy Nisham sent out a tweet um, a few hours ago saying that um, for all those kids out there, take up baking and you'll be fat and happy at 60 or something. Um, oh, I saw that. Wasn't it tragic? I, I know. It just encapsulated the, the rawness they must be feeling, the fans. Yeah, are, are just, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I've got another suggestion about how to work out the outcome. If it's a tie in the final, just don't award the World Cup. Just leave it here. Australia could still be still hold the World Cup That's for another right. four years. The yeah. current holders yeah. maintain the title. <laughs> Australia are basically the last team to win a World Cup final, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. That's and, right. Yeah. So, so we we know how to win them. Uh, do, do you think there's? I mean, do you think this will the way in which it was won will take the gloss off England's win at all? No, no, not at all. I mean. I, I think it, it creates more talking points and it takes a little bit longer to sit back and reflect on the efforts of Stokes and those sorts of people. And sure, some luck was involved, but you, you've you always got to have a bit of luck in sport, don't you? Yeah. And yeah, I both, don't think both teams had a chance to, to win it 
with the bat. I mean, Stokes could hit the last ball for six of the regular game and Guptill could have done the same in the Super Over. So I guess the, the chance for glory was there. It would be churlish to say that this win was tarnished in any way. This win would have been tarnished if the ball had hit Stokes' bat and he got up and ran four more runs through an act of his own. But that was, you know, it was it was an act of God. What, what, whoever your God is. <laughs> what amazing, um, I guess, story to have Stokes out in the middle there while all this drama played out. Uh, he, he surely is one of the, I mean, most amazing cricket figures. I mean, he seems to be in the action all the time. Yep, street fighter, isn't he? On and off the ground. Um, yeah, he's he's a great cricketer. I reckon, you know, Australia would love to have him in their team, wouldn't they? I mean, someone who can bowl and bat like that is pretty handy. The all-rounders led Australia down in this tournament, didn't they? The guys like, you know, guys like Maxwell and Stoinis, they were weak links in Australia's World Cup campaign. They were, and they've been given the punt, gone from even Australia A. I mean, they're not even in the frame for the Ashes now. No, well, it's going to be pretty hard for Glenn Maxwell to be in the frame for the Ashes, isn't it? When you look look at the quality of uh, batsmen in front of him, I mean, there, I'm just sort of trying to write something right now. There are going to be a lot of aggrieved people around when they name, firstly, the squad and then the side for the first test at Edgebaston on August 1. Uh, because there are so many people with valid claims to a spot in that team, so many batsmen, I think. Um, it's fantastic. This time, well, not, not, not this time last year, but at the, he- at the start of last summer, selectors were looking under the couch and in, in the sock drawer, seeing it, it, just trying to find somebody who, who kind of deserved a place in the team, but, you know, not really... They were looking for people with, you know, the potential words start to come up. You know, potential only ever comes up when you don't have performance. Uh, this time, there are performances everywhere you look, you know, from Labashane to Wade to Travis Head. Even um, Cameron Bancroft has started to peel together a lot of good innings in his last five or six knocks for Durham. So that's going to be fascinating. It is. Uh, I guess... I had an argument with Ben Horn and Steve Wilson about this. I don't think that the World Cup result will affect the way the Ashes goes. I just think it's it's going to be different teams, different format. The only sort of effect mm-hmm. might be a fatigue element for England. I mean, you can imagine that the, the yesterday, what a day it was for them emotionally. So maybe a few of those players are going to be a bit drained. But I think when the, the test teams line up at Edgbaston, it's not going to be determined by what happened in this World Cup. You don't think so? No, don't, I don't think so You don't all. think that last night every English cricketer said, God, <laughs> God likes us again. <laughs> We're in favour. Luck's on our side. I reckon they. I reckon they walk a bit taller. I reckon England cricket walks taller. After I mean, that. I mean, the best England can do in a World Cup final is two ties, and they get the trophy. So even their best effort is not even a winning one. <laughs> nice try, Menace. No, but um, but but I also nice think try. the other way. If Jimmy Anderson comes out at Edgbaston and takes four wickets in the first session and gets that Duke's ball talking, it doesn't matter what happened in the World Cup. The fact is, it's going to be decided on on the skill of playing in those conditions. Well, I can't agree with you because I've been saying that if Australia had knocked England off in that semi-final, it would have been like going one nil up in the Ashes. So I can't then go back and say that winning the World Cup 
will have no impact because I think it does. I think it, it, it just gives them confidence in their cricket. I think and and. You're right. You're right about you know things will all change. What happens on that first morning? But they back themselves now. Whoever is in that in that side and in the Test side will have enormous confidence in the way they go about their cricket because they were challenged and challenged and challenged and challenged, and they got there. Their game, you know, they held together as cricketers. Okay. Well, I'm going to stay on my island then and just say I don't think it's going to make a difference. I think Australia's going to just steamroll them in the ashes. Um, but uh, before I let you go, Pete, I just want to finally reflect the, on the World Cup and I guess where we are now. I mean, what are your sort of initial thoughts on the whole sort of six-week tournament and, and what sort of legacy it'll leave? Oh, look, I think Australia will be naturally were disappointed not to make the finals. But Australia had a really good campaign, didn't they? Guys like Warner, Finch, Stark were outstanding. Um, another thing happened too, and this is talking about, you know, the team and the character of the team. Um, they came together and Justin Langer had a good experience and there was a great vibe. And I think they will ca- ca- carry that over into the Ashes. It seems strange, but I, I reckon it was a reason. I reckon that was a reasonable result for Australia in the World Cup. Yeah, I gave it a pass, Matt. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think they could have done a lot worse. Kind of hoping that they would get it together more at the back end of the tournament, but unfortunately, they tripped up. That happens. Do you think also we're going to see a bit of a rebirth of a 50-over cricket? Because I think we saw a really good balance between bat and ball throughout the tournament. And, I mean, there is a new one-day championship starting, so there mm. won't be bilateral series with zero uh, context now. There will be a, a bigger picture. And we just saw how compelling it could be when it has a context. Well, I hope you're right because for most of the four years in the cycle, one-day cricket's god-awfully boring. Yeah, I, I think it, it gets mundane again after this. It's a long way to the next World Cup. Yeah, sure, there's a little bit that hang off the game. So I hope you're right. And I like the competitive nature of these games. I'd sort of gone into this thing. I quite like high-scoring one-day games. I've come out of it thinking, oh, I, don't mind. I, I don't mind these ones where it's difficult to bat. I mean, I noticed um, George Dobell from Crick Info was all over Twitter early in the second innings of the final thing. This is a terrible advertisement for cricket. It's on free-to-air and no one scored a boundary for... 10 overs, well, I'm sorry, George, I I just don't agree. I think that was a fantastic contest. Yeah, I agree. That tweet didn't age well. 240, 250, they're great games of one-day cricket on a wicket that's doing a bit for the bowlers. I mean, that's where you see the classic games. It is, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think a lot of, of the inability to chase those low scores was to do with the fact that it was a World Cup and so much road road on it, you know, the, the runs have greater gravity in a World Cup, first innings runs. Yeah, and uh, what do you think about the two finalists? Do you think England will kick on in, in white ball cricket now and, and dominate the next four years like they have the last four? Uh, yeah. Hard question, mate. I don't know. I'd have to look at their ages. <laughs> at the moment, it's hard to see that. that. That's a great team, isn't it? And we knew that. Uh, yeah, they'll keep going for a little while after this. I mean, Australia fell off the perch after winning the World Cup, didn't they? 
Yeah. It just fell into a hole. And, and it was to do with the age of the team and retirements. Um, I feel that, that could happen Archer's to Archer's is going to go yeah. for a while, isn't he? I mean, oh, he's pretty he's, good. I can't wait to see him in the ashes if he gets picked. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got a feeling he will be. Um, I know it was interesting to note that there's a question mark about his endurance and his ability to come back for second and third spells. So we'll, we'll watch that in the ashes if he doesn't have the fitness levels necessary. I wonder if um, this loss for New Zealand uh, will have uh, dire consequences for their team. They're probably not quite as young as England and uh, have they've had a great sort of back-to-back World Cup campaigns, but uh, I just can't. How do, you, how do you pick yourself up after that, Pete? Oh, well, I tell you what, uh, I, I think that the, uh, the sense of injustice that's abroad it, it, among New Zealand cricket at the moment, that, that, that's as unifying as a win in a way, isn't it? I mean, you really want to come back and prove to them. But, uh, yeah, they, they, what a, that just shows such great character, that Kiwi team, all the way through. Um, that Lockie Ferguson, what a cricketer he is. Yeah. And he's a ripper. And there wasn't even a hint of whinging from Kane no. Williamson after the game. It would have been so easy to let the emotions get the better of you and um, maybe say something at the press conference. It's a slight complaint. But Williamson, you know, was so um, such a gentleman the whole time. Yeah, well, that's the way they go about it, isn't it? That's the Kiwi way. And that Colin de Groundhog. God, he should be a cult hero as well. What an outstanding 10-over spell he bowled. Yeah, I mean, it just heroes all day. I think um, a day that uh, I think we'll be talking about in 20 years' time, Pete. Yeah, always, always a minute. There are very few one-day games that are memorable, but that certainly goes right up near the top of the pile now. Well, I guess we should uh, leave our little chat there. Pete, are you heading over to the UK for the Ashes? Yes, yes, packing my bags. I'm heading off on Saturday. So I'll be there for the Australia, Australia A game. Great. Well, um, have a safe trip. I'd definitely love to chat to you while you're over there. Uh, I cannot wait for the Ashes series. I mean, we've just seen one of the most memorable days of cricket ever. I mean, if the Ashes is even a fraction of that, then it's going to be a ripping series. Yeah, yeah. All right. Look forward to chatting. Give okay. me a call. Cheers, Pete. Take care. See you, mate. Well, that was Pete Lawler, Chief Cricket Writer for The Australian. And that's it for this emergency edition of Cricket Unfiltered. Coming up in the next episode, I have a sit-down interview with Australian and Big Bash superstar Chris Lynn. So that's coming up next week. And uh, I'll be back soon with another podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.